1: How's everybody doing this weekend?
0: Hey, David Hall. Hello. Greg Hectus. Hi, I'm Mike. Oh, wait. Sorry, I'm Greg. I'm Greg. All right. Welcome. We're week on the show. The NASCAR series is back again, and it's a second road event of the season, Road America. Will Bobby Zelensky reclaim his title as Road King, or will road course star Mitchell DeYoung make it two road wins in a row? Also, we'll cover the second annual Firecracker 400 and the new NASCAR, eNASCAR International Race at Coda.
2: Also, remember that you can follow along with us on your mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself all of the great topics and products that we'll discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting the show notes. We hope to see you there.
0: GridFinder 2.0 is bigger and better than ever with more ways to narrow your search for your next sim racing league. Featuring over 1,000 leaks from over 25 racing sims across every platform, your place on the grid is just a couple clicks away. Visit www.grid-finder.com. It is the home of online sim racing leagues. gridfinder.com
2: Jumping right in into topics, let's talk legends. Uh, the 87 cars are seeing a resurgence in popularity. Dylan Hart Jr. posted a poll asking the forums, what should the next 87 manufacturer be? The choices were the Buick, Pontiac, and Oldsmobile. As of this morning, the Pontiac was leading the voting, um particularly because it uh, was the Richard Petty 43 car.
0: Well, I don't know if that's the reason I voted for Pontiac. Um... Just because back then I think that was my favorite car. Well, and it's kind of a staple of back then too, because that was you once
3: around this time is when they kind of branched off after after this, they only had three manufacturers. And then when Pontiac disappeared after that, later on to the was it the late nineties or whatever, it disappeared, early two thousands. But you know, I, I agree with the Pontiac. I always liked the way the Pontiac looked back then. It had a dis, it had a, a
0: a distinct body style yeah lots of manufacturers that was the last time we had a bunch of them maybe that's uh gonna resurge we'll have to see pretty cool that uh earnhardt jr is the one asking the question though um putting up the poll um getting the the driver's input and and you know as an iracer you can literally go to this forum post and i guarantee you dale earnhardt would read your uh response because he's de- definitely watching this thread um because he wants to know what car he's going to focus on. And, you know, he shows pictures of, like you said, the Richard Petty car, uh, the Bobby Allison, uh, Miller uh, High Life, Buick, um, and then the uh, Morgan McClure Kodak uh, Oldsmobile as well. Um, those, All those cars I mentioned, they exist, I think, somewhere in some museum, right? And so he would be able to have access to them, you would think, right? Well, I know he was talking
3: on his uh, podcast this week that even some of the stuff that I think Ray Everingham has a lot of some of this, a lot of these things kicking around from that he's purchased over the years. So there's different uh, old cars that uh, they have
0: access to for scanning. Yeah. And he picked these three pictures for a reason on the post. I don't think it's random. Uh, You you wouldn't think anyway.
1: So would you guys consider this confirmation that they are going to be adding new manuf- manufacturers or this is just like a, uh, I would. a what if paul you know
3: i would I, say that it's like what is coming from it is they're just trying to figure out which one to add they've they've heard, they have the option to do it they're just trying to figure out which one people really one want first. so they can <laughs> sell but sell better probably right
2: and these historic cars that's junior's baby I mean, that's that's his his passion almost more than current racing
1: is, is the history.
0: Yeah, I don't think so, he'd be asking if they're not planning on doing it.
1: So it really seems like these 87s have really had a uh, comeback. Uh, you know, they were really hot when they first were released. And then it seemed like it lagged off a bit. But now that they have the uh, updated uh, physics model for them, you know, uh, these big events like the Firecracker um, it seems like these are really coming back and they have more interest in adding new manufacturers. So I think that's a really cool thing that um, these, these cars are getting uh, seem to be having a little bit of a comeback now.
3: Now, here's a question I was just pondering while Brian was saying that if it's showing a resurgence, do you see tr maybe next year they come up with a whole different type of series rather than just the 12 week series for them? Maybe like, an old fashioned NASCAR season or something like that, where you have an NIS that follows, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to follow a full 87, uh, 1987 schedule because they don't, we don't have all the tracks, but could they come up with something, you know, maybe a half a season lengthwise? Well, Classic they NIS.
2: They could, but will they? And is there enough room in the schedule with all the other big series, season long series already going?
3: I just wonder if the popularity is also if, it, if it's if it's getting good to drive these things and it's fun. Is it taking away from the NIS stuff or these other cars when they see the new next gen coming in and the way it's been performing on iRacing? Is it maybe people want the you know car that is hard to drive rather than the
0: pulled down downforce you know hard racing that or well. the easy racing? I think the answer is obvious to that one. I mean, drive that next gen in a race, and you want to barf, you know? Um, drive that '87 car in a race, and you'll you'll know what it's like to kind of wheel a car. It's a little bit different. I,
1: I was thinking the same thing, Mike. After after doing a, a race or two in that uh, next gen car, um, it's it's complete complete different feel from what these old cars were. So, I'm looking forward to it.
2: If you were going to host a race, Brian, I bet you probably wouldn't host a next gen.
1: Uh, that would not be my choice of car unless I was racing it with other cars to, to beat it up a little bit, maybe. But um if you want to learn how to uh, do a hosted session, I recently posted a really good video on their YouTube channel. They go into full detail about the sponsoring and hosting your own um, races. And um, I watched a a good bit of it and it really goes into detail about how to set these things up, you know, what to expect. Um, well, I, I've only hosted one race before personally and, uh, it would have been a, so much easier and I would have done better. I think if I had read, uh, watched this video beforehand.
0: And you don't really have to necessarily watch the entire video. They do have it broken down into chapters and categories and whatnot. So, if you're looking for a particular issue like uh, you know how do you do weather, you know you can jump right to that section in the video and see it.
3: Now, does this seem like it's a little a little late? like not I mean, it's good to have now that we have it, but it seems like these take so long for them to bring them out it's It, it, it seems like a no brainer or something that they should have done a while ago.
0: Well. Or maybe it's intuitive enough that they don't even need a how-to video.
1: Huh. <laughs> right. This is a long video, too. It's like 22 minutes, so it's a it's not like a, a minute or two. You know, it, it's, a, it's a pretty in- inclusive video.
0: It would be neat if you could have tool tips, is what we used to call them, where you could hover over a, a thing and it would give you a, a link or, where you could maybe see a, a snippet of this video. You know, like if you... You were stuck on something in the hosted setup where you want. You were stuck. You could like click it, and it would show you a just a portion of this video of that particular item. I mean, that would be cool if it was integrated. That or that if they put it in if
3: the video. Like I, I'm guessing this, this, you can only find this on the YouTube page or in specific spots on the website. It's not like it's right at the top of when you went to when you create a hosting thing. There's probably not a link saying, here, come
0: watch this if you want to learn before you kind of create your host, right? No, I don't think so. That's what I'm saying is uh, let's integrate it. That'd be cool. All right. Speaking of videos, another one that got uh, released this week, and I was thinking, is this a re-release? It kind of is. I think they put out something like this three, four weeks ago, maybe. And uh, and they re-released it. I did check the date to make sure, but it's a 2021 season three build update, basically a reminder of all the different content that they put out uh, during season three. Um, and it, it's kind of neat to remind me that of the stuff I kind of forgot about. You know, I'm obviously, have been trying the Formula V and doing different things. Um, the ne- You know, the next gen car and, and whatnot, but Nashville but there are other things that were in the season three build. And so that if, you know, this video was a good reminder of that.
1: And it doesn't just cover like, um, you know, the cars and tracks that are new. It goes over some of the, um, uh, some of the content as far as upgrading the different uh, physics and stuff like that. Um, some of the road changes as far as, as uh, the off track stuff. It goes over all that
0: stuff. Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, I can speak to that road, too. There's definitely a lot, a lot more leeway at Spa now.
0: So
1: you can go off track a little bit more without hitting up uh, incident points?
2: Yeah, there's a couple of places where you're allowed to, to go out wide on exit quite a bit more than you used to could. Um, particularly the left-hander right after the hairpin. Uh, that used to be a really strict corner, and now you can actually use the, the, the painted runoff area a little as long as you don't get all four tires out there
0: it's kind of a neat format it's like a release notes but in a video format that's exactly what it is
1: yeah that's a good that's a really good description mike that's exactly what it's like
2: hey y'all this book has pictures virtual to reality tv summer stock is hosting a summer sp- special tournament and i uh did my good old dyslexic reading and split those words um it's an esport tournament that will place the overall driver in an approved nascar driver development academy for two days of coaching and evaluation they're going to try and help make history with the largest participation tournament in the history of iRacing, and they're shooting for 500 plus um it's going to be in the gen 7 car that's the next gen isn't it oh Ugh. I was thinking about participating <laughs> in it until, until I read that.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> Talk about driving down your participation. <laughs> hey, pro tip, sure. get the
2: six car. Um, preliminary rounds are based on the number of signups. There's a one-time fee of $40. Uh, top eight from each prelim or move on. There's a uh, 25 racers per prelim. Uh, there's no, no collecting fees until the event starts. And, You can sign up at virtual2reality.tv.
0: Yeah, Joel Hamilton, a listener, sent this in, um, and he's uh, putting on this event. I mean, I was kind of surprised. He's shooting for over 500-plus. Now, I think the Firecracker 400, they just did, I think, 400 or so. uh, what a what a task to manage the, that kind of uh, amount of people uh, to communicate effectively and, and get people in the right place at the right time uh, you know help this guy out let's go go help him ra- go race with him and see if he can uh, hit that number that's pretty cool
1: what a cool prize though I mean I'm looking this up it's the uh, BMR which is the uh, Bill McNally Racing Driving uh, Drivers Academy so you get to go there for two days and drive a, a stock car And they're going to give you tips and evaluate how you're doing. That's a really cool package uh, prize.
2: That would be fun. The Rusty Wallace experience is pretty fun, but you don't really get a whole lot of coaching. You just get in it and drive for a few laps.
1: So, uh, there's some strange combos out there in iRacing that are available. And uh, iRacing tweeted out to its members and asked, hey, what's the strangest car track combo you've driven on in iRacing? So some of the responses came back, uh, like uh, the Skip Barbers at Hell, which is a a rally cost track. That would be kind of crazy. The IR01, the uh, jet cars, we like to call it, at the Atlanta Rallycross. And like uh, the 410 uh, wing sprint cars at Le Mans which is just makes no sense at all. So some pretty crazy track, uh, car combinations, um, out there. And, uh, to, uh, you know, with racing get the opportunity to do all these crazy,
0: uh, combinations and see how it goes. How about the 410 wing sprint at Le Mans?
2: The, I want to try that. Cause I was just practicing in the, uh, in the LMP <laughs> earlier with, with Burgess. And, uh, yeah, that would be funny
3: wouldn't it i don't would it handle the bumps very well when those long straights i don't know man that'd be with the tight steering i just that would be really hard to keep straight
1: well with the uh tire stagger and everything that they have on them it's those things do not turn right at all so i don't know how they're going to make a right hand turn on them
2: well can you put the t- the stagger at zero
1: I, get, I don't know. I've never really messed that much with the stagger because nobody would do that in a normal race. But um, I would just lower it as much as you can to try to get it to turn right. I don't know how you'd run the IRO one at, or the jet car at
3: Atlanta Rally. That would be an, <laughs> the first jump that thing would break apart. Center. You'd, have
2: to, you'd have to run invulnerable. One of our fun combos that we actually ran a couple of years ago in one of our, our off week races.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, we instead ran. of just dreaming up uh, weird ones, what are ones we've actually done?
2: We did the Pro Truck, I think the Pro Four, and the Radical at the Roval. And that was, that was amazing. That was fun. A Radical, we, I took a Radical and drove it right under a truck. Under in practice, and he landed on all fours and just kept going.
3: Yeah, it's like a ramp. You got to be careful when you're on, especially if uh, there's one wrecked in front of you facing the other way. If you're in the truck, you, you have a ramp to go off of.
0: I think uh, running that one one guy, he always hosts uh, strange combinations and hosted um, on certain nights, and the ones that stick out to me are the radical at Darlington. Um, and you literally race on the apron because that's the fastest way around, um, and that's just a blast. And then the other fast, good one is uh, Michigan with like the um, the Skippy, um, and that one is a blast. And it just made me think that maybe I need to try the Formula V at the at the uh, Michigan or the Formula V at the uh, at the Coke Speedway.
2: I do at some point want to try running the 919, running a whole field of 919s at Daytona where you just kind of pick and choose where you boost.
0: Daytona oval? Yeah. Oh. Huh. I was going to say you
3: wouldn't be able to use up the boost there, would you?
2: It it has passive regen uh, while while accelerating. It doesn't get most of its energy comes under braking, but it also recharges as you're just full rev. Yeah, but
3: I was gonna say you wouldn't be able to use it all in one lap, would you? I guess you could drain it real quickly.
2: Um, I, I don't know. I'd want to you'd, try and see.
3: You'd be exiting the corner like there's like three or four corners. I don't even think the boost would benefit you at all. Getting using it at all.
2: Well, you could crank that seventh gear up really tall and um get it to the point where the boost would actually push you past what you might call terminal velocity. Just just to complete a pass, it, it would be an interesting. Funny combo, for sure.
0: And then, Brian, you found a league that actually hosts these kind of uh, events.
1: This was from uh, Krizzle at Krizzle Colts was his Twitter handle. He actually replied in the forums that there's a Thursday Night Thunder League that that runs nothing but these strange combinations for the whole season. Uh, Some of them are really funny. Uh, Like the, the, let's see, the 12, the dual hail... Which is uh, the big block modifieds at Hell? Uh, they do like uh, the Crownhurst sprints, which is the silver crown cars at Bathurst. So, like the whole whole schedule is nothing but these crazy combinations. it's Pretty cool.
3: Sounds like what, fun. What about the ro- uh, the roller
0: derby with the uh, GTI and this TCR at Bristol? Yes. Okay, help is wanted. Uh, Kevin Bobbitt posted in the forums, iRacing is looking for a new media producer job to fill. Media producer will be responsible for creation of various forms of content, including, but not limited to, promotional videos, tutorial videos, and interviews, as well as producing, directing live broadcasts for esports and special events. I would be guessing this would
3: have to do with our other topic, because they're going to be a little bit more professional with who uh, they've partnered with this has probably got to do with some of that. You got to have someone bring somebody else on to help out. Uh, who does the other one? Is it Alex that does a lot of the other stuff, like the video editing stuff and all that?
0: Yeah. He'd probably be working for him kind of thing.
2: Yeah. I will say this, they, their podcast hasn't stayed regular.
0: Imagine as we, that. As we've
2: gotten into the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Which I enjoyed that, that particular show. Um, hearing straight directly from them but the uh they didn't really come out with this release
0: so they're busy they got they got day jobs i'll let them do their jobs we'll do the podcasting okay
1: that's right stay in your lane guys
2: <laughs> next thing you know they'll let me be handling uh, protests
1: I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, but how
3: do, you fi- how do you work on one of your own? Is that conflict of interest? Cause
2: Those would go like, to somebody else, obviously. I was going
3: to say, that's like 50% of the ones that get a week.
2: <laughs> that reminds me, I've got one to send in from the NIS race.
3: Oh, God, backlog. <laughs> I was worry. on the inside, but someone dove under me.
2: No, this one was somebody doing uh, some shady stuff on a restart. At, or the start. Not lining up properly. Anyway. Is it my turn? Patch that.
3: We'll have to patch that. I
2: uh, it would be that would be a nice patch if they could make everybody stay in line till the till the start finish line. Cause if if you do if you pull that in in a real NASCAR race, they they send you through the pits. But speaking of patches, great toss. Um, we have some patch two season three release notes. They fixed an issue with test drive. Um, The car selection was empty when creating a test drive from a hosted session that included multiple cars. Uh, They fixed another issue with the iRacing UI that was sometimes throwing an error regarding failure to initialize. We got an issue with leagues viewing announcement tabs. They worked on that. Some stuff with league standings, league points, and team racing registration will now correctly report an error if the person is registering a team with themselves as a declared driver and they have already registered on a different team uh, a lot of stuff work working with uh rendering at at some of the several different tracks some visual effects cameras, new admin commands you can close and open the pits now
0: that's cool
2: during green flag
0: it's like set up for a. Uh... Uh, stage like NASCAR does, they close the pits and mm-hmm. they, they throw a yellow for this, this stage.
3: Oh, we got to get our our buddy Jeff to work with that. He's got
0: to, he's got to add in some he'll of stuff, the races. He'll stuff. bad with
2: that. I, <laughs> I tried to talk him into doing, uh, using that, the uh, caution thing that the majors guys use for Road America, but he doesn't want to do a caution. Uh, I think
3: he's going to be gun shy for a while about adding anything else And, Um, did you notice in this patch, too, that this new decal that's being added to all the car, the uh, cup cars, the uh, bioethanol decal?
0: Uh, NASCAR announced that program uh, last week. And so, um, yeah, it didn't take them long to uh, – they, they said that, I think, this week that all the NASCARs would have the, the sticker on there. And sure enough, iRacing uh, does it hand-in-hand. And that's probably why we have a release, you know, it's timed probably just for that. And the other thing on the cup cars, it does say drafting parameters have been adjusted based on car-to-car distances.
1: I wonder which way they adjusted it, you know, whether they made it a stronger draft from further away or, or less in the draft.
2: There's nothing out here about cautions, but cautions at Pocono behave differently than anywhere else so far. It was, it was back to hypersensitive. They swung it all the way the other direction.
0: So the 87 cars right before the Firecracker 400, uh, Chevy Monte Carlo had a second and third gear ratio shortened slightly. Now, I find it interesting that the Ford didn't get shortened, just the nat- the Chevrolet. So are you back to our Chevrolet is getting tanked issue? Or? I'm wondering, like, those cars are both set up are they
3: they're, they would be set up independent per make right like if you're going to get a setup you need a ford setup and a monte carlo setup right i can't remember I if that's how they work with those they're not like the other cup cars are they where they're the same underneath but just different body co- bodies right i think they work differently i, can, I i'm not i don't i've only Could used to running
0: fixed right so i don't know in those about you know, changing my time. Oh, wait, I misspoke. I didn't scroll down. I, I, would, I guess I assumed they would group them together. But no, I see the Ford 87 down here also had the gear ratios slight, shortened slightly. Sorry.
2: So here's a crazy attention to detail. They fixed a misspelled name on the Chicago street course. <laughs>
0: Just little, little tweaks. Um, cool. Did you, the only other thing I saw
3: in here that I thought was interesting is. Um, the rate of rubber buildup on the car panels has been reduced. So is it so the cars don't look so dirty by the end of a long race again? Like some of those car races, your car looks really dirty by the end of it. Too dirty? I don't know. Maybe it's just a visual that they had to change. I had a problem. I don't know if you noticed last night, David, when you were coming for that carousel, when you were coming under the bridge just before you went into that uh, carousel, did you have any uh, flickering of the bridge decal in VR? No. I wonder if it was just on my end. then,
0: because It would flicker every, uh, every lap when I would go underneath it. So I'll jump in on that. I had uh, been practicing Tuesday night for Road America, and I decided to use AI um, to practice. And I don't know what you call it on that track, but that one part where it's really narrow and there's like trees on either side, um, every time I went through that part of the track, my uh, sim would uh, skip really bad and like almost freeze up for a moment, and then it would catch up. And it was unraceable, and I couldn't do it. And so I ended up having to get out of AI and go practice by myself in a session. Now, when I ran into the NIS race, I had no such problem. It only happened when I did the AI.
1: Well, this is a pretty big pet. All right, guys. So, uh, looks like iRacing is back in victory lane. Um, uh, this time it's Alan Tardiff who drove his iRacing sponsored number nine super late model to victory at Beach Ridge Motor Speedway this past weekend. So, uh, so, uh, apparently, uh, Time is not the only one who's putting his super late model in victory lane. Hats off to Alan Tardiff who uh, picked up the win this past weekend.
0: Yeah, I, that name rings a bell. We've talked about him in previous years. Uh, winning with the iRacing uh, paint job.
1: I, I looked into Alan for a little bit. It looks like he used to be a um, ARCA driver a few years ago.
3: Either iRacing picks uh, good guys to go put their uh, decal in the car, and they know it's going to win, or it's a good omen. So, because they seem to have uh, no problem in the uh, late model series having their car shown off of victory lane.
1: How bad? How bad at the uh, places like the Chili Bowl? Uh, they're winning that thing every year with, uh, with either Kyle Larson or uh, Christopher Bell. They
3: should
0: just sponsor Kyle Larson on Hendrick. You're right. Let's talk uh, Firecracker 400. Uh, eracer.gg posted a video on the Twitter uh, this last week, um, a video of racing legends like Dale Jr., Larry McReynolds, and Adam Petty uh, giving their thoughts and memories of the Firecracker 400. And uh, this is awesome stuff. I mean, it really talks about the history of this race, and why it's so cool to try to recreate it, you know, and, and run it again and uh, prestige about winning uh, this particular event. Uh, you know, Larry talking about how they used to massage on the cars and this and that, and and Dale uh, reminiscing. And, uh, of course, Larry Mack is in his, uh, you know, Texaco Haviland, you know, uh, uniform as well. He broke out from the uh, Bobby Allison days. Uh, So it it really does uh, some deja vu for me anyway.
1: Yeah, I I really like this video. Um, I wasn't really a a NASCAR fan back in the days when they were doing these uh, firecrackers. So I didn't really have any memories of of watching these races, but, but seeing some of these guys talk about them, you know, people were like, getting sick before the race before qualifying because the cars were just so hard to handle. And, uh, speeds were so high. They were, they were just getting so nervous. They would throw up before the races, um, stuff like that. It's just really cool stories. Um, Larry Mack was talking about, you know, like beating the spoilers down in the back, you know, stuff like that. You can't do that nowadays at all, but, uh, it was such a different sport back then. And, it, and it, it's, it's such a great history that it really makes people like me who didn't watch it back then really want to investigate it more and learn all these stories about these guys who were just, you know, they were just outlaws back in the day, you know,
0: nostalgia, you know, that's what it's all about. And, you know, Dale with his lost Speedway show and, and him doing the 87 cars and this event and everything. Now I did say Adam Petty. I meant to say Kyle Petty. Actually, uh, Doug Richard was actually part of this uh video as well, and he was a crew chief back then uh, as well. Is this event over now? Yeah, or we'll talk about the okay, winner here. Uh, just, coming up actually.
3: Okay, I was gonna say, I thought I saw the June 30th, I, I never got a chance to watch it, but
0: I thought I saw that. In fact, uh, I'm gonna jump ahead, let's cover that now. Um, we have it down here a little bit farther. Um, but before we talk about the winner, I also want to point out that racer.com did a feature article about the, uh, e, uh, E-Racer, racers firecracker 400 and a fascinating insight into some of the, you know, what goes on in the background of planning this race between, uh, Kligerman and landing castle, um, and their team, they have quite a team behind them, um, one of the uh, let me find this part of the article I want to read it real quick basically uh, they talk about their production and and so here's what I want here's the paragraph I'm going to read about how they produce the broadcast the broadcast team uses Amazon web services and cloud computing power to run multiple instances of iRacing in order to supply the broadcast feed with multiple camera angles the broadcast itself is also run through Amazon systems, eliminating the chance of the broadcast failing due to an Internet or hardware failure on the director or producer's computer at home.
2: So they need to get with Evan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's fascinating the way they're doing it, um, you know, to use, uh, you know, a uh, virtual computer, basically, or a virtual desktop, run iRacing on it have four or five of them and then you have those set at different cameras and then somehow you're feeding those into a different virtual desktop where you're mixing them together i mean it's fascinating the way their technology uh, they're doing it in the background
2: and that allows them to basically run it as if they were the tv guys on the real location where every camera is running all the time right they don't have to switch views to see to get to look at the other
0: camera True broadcast switch, you know, like they can preview the, sw- the switch, uh, pre and then they can see it when they switch it and so forth. Yeah,
2: quite a few side by side opportunities. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, their broadcast was great. I got to point out one thing as you say that at the end of that race, the last I don't know 20 30 laps, there were different battles going on on the on track, but it wasn't necessarily up front. but. They highlighted in three different windows those three different battles at the same time. Uh, it was pretty cool.
2: I wish the real guys would do that more. They spend they, I, that's why I like radio so much more. Radio will actually look at what's going on deeper in the field a lot more than TV usually does. Uh, they'll just kind of s- stare at the leader and and chit chat
0: on TV. So okay, and the funny. winner is
2: well that's exciting this finish was exciting um and it was a surprise winner uh we had junior right up there at the front we had Michael conti right up there at the front conti th- tried to throw a light block and it didn't work so well and uh in the end Michael Cosney jr survives as the surprise winner of this firecracker four hundred. um there was a last lap wreck that took out Everybody else, like I just said, I'm reading the text again. And the last two turns, he rolled home with that $12,500 purse.
0: Nice payday. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. finished third. And a lot of people were picking him to win this race. And uh, that would have been kind of a a fairy book uh, story, so to speak, to have him win it. But he was uh, right there third. I mean, uh, you know, two car lengths away from winning it. But a a bunch of those guys in the top five uh, wrecked out right there at the end now. When I started watching this near the end of the race, I looked at the running list. I thought it was a Coke race. I mean, 90% of the drivers in there are are current Coke drivers. I mean, they definitely were trying to win this thing and uh, provided some really stiff competition, obviously.
2: Well, there's a reason they're in the Coke series. They're fast.
1: They're good. So uh, here's a thing. Michael uh, Cossie Jr., he's uh, won the race. Uh, they mentioned on the show from Hagerstown, Maryland. I happen to be camping in Hagerstown, Maryland right now.
0: Oh, wow. It's a small world, right?
1: Yeah, I, I was listening to that replay, and I was like, man, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. That's cool.
0: David, I
3: think it's time for you to be a partner.
1: Yeah, Dave, why don't you tell us about Oh, we're NASCAR.
2: jumping back up. We're jumping back up on the script, aren't we? <laughs>
3: like and Peter I'm saying. <laughs>
2: Well, when we jump off the script, it throws things off. All right. Um, Greg, Greg hinted to this earlier, and I'm, I'm having to scroll back up on the script because we jumped out of order. Adam Stern formally announced that NASCAR is expanding their relationship with iRacing, which goes from being a licensing partner to now the official simulation partner of the NASCAR sanctioning body. The deal serves to elevate the decade plus licensing relationship to f- an official partner status as the two organizations work closer than ever before to promote the various eNASCAR nascar series, while also collaborating around the number of innovations in- initiatives which have far-reaching implications for the future of NASCAR, including a design of the new proposed NASCAR racetracks, collaboration and technical support on all the next car or nas- next car, NASCAR NASCAR next gen race car projects, the creation of the sim racing oriented content for for national digital media channels and the use of iRacing as a training tool for nascar's drive for diversity class and we saw a little bit that a little bit of that in one of the items that greg's going to cover a little bit later as well
0: this is awesome you know obviously it's been unofficial for quite some time but this kind of makes it official i guess uh and please tell me this means no more nascar heat well, we can tell
3: you NASCAR Heat, the name won't be there, but there is going to still be a game. I just think what you're talking about, Mike, is you don't want it to be on the side of the cars or anything is the official thing of NASCAR, and that's what it should be getting rid of. I don't see that happening. It could. It still could be, but I, I would say that the iRacing
0: symbol might be on all cars come next year. Well, and you got to remember NASCAR Heat was driven by RTA, the race team alliance and that uh, the guy in charge of that is no longer a NASCAR owner. As of this week, um, they got bought out. So, well, wow. it's not the the season. Yeah. End of season. Right.
1: Yeah, I didn't read anything about being an exclusivity type of uh, deal where, you know, kind of no. like the, the Le Mans is exclusive deal for that uh, the company that bought the 24 hours name. Um,
3: so we're not allowed to say that
1: we're not allowed to say it. I'm not an official iRacing sponsor. That's true, <laughs> but uh, but, uh, but you know, it it doesn't say that there can't be other NASCAR games or anything like that that I could see. It just it, they're just not the official sponsor. So I'm not sure how much things are really going to be changed if this is just legitimizing the uh, partnership that they've already obviously had over the years with all the work they've done together for all the development stuff. But um, it's really cool to see that it's officialized, anyway.
3: Well, what I would sorry, Mike. What I would hope that this does, if anything, creates is that iRacing symbol just gets put on the car. That it's on every car as like a you know a continuous cool. decal, right? So it's always there. That's that's something you want to isn't that, as iRacing. That would be something you'd want on the car at all times because the shots from down on pit road when they're side right by the cars doing interviews or. Um, anything that's up close, if you have that in the shot, that would be great for
0: them. I, you know, the the partnership is great. I mean, the way that they, we've developed the California Speedway, the new one, the Chicago racetrack, the next-gen car in collaboration with NASCAR, and, you know, and it's going back and forth. And this is just, I, I, so, I so hope somebody from NASCAR is listening to this and just listening to my words. Look at how the next gen races in iRacing. Look at how much we don't like racing that car. It's crap. We need more horsepower, um, less downforce. And this is the opportunity for NASCAR to learn that before the car gets released. I mean, it's only summer. You're not going to run the car till next year. Let's trial it in iRacing. Look at the races going on every week and see what's happening and see what's going wrong and fix it before it's too late. That's my call out to NASCAR. Um, I've tweeted this thought directly to um, Tim Clark, who's a VP over there. I hope he read it. But man, they, they need to look at this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm afraid they're going down a deep hole.
2: And it's not just sim racers that feel this way. It's the it's the real racers themselves. I mean, we pretty much believe that the current package and the current car is why Clint Boyer left. Not Clint Boyer, Carl uh, Edwards, right? Um, and several of the, the shows that we listen to early in the week are saying the exact same thing we're saying. It's it's no fun if you don't have to slow the car down. You can't have passing if you don't have to slow the car down. It's just, it's crap racing, and it, it ultimately leads to more danger because the reason we have the wrecks that we have in Daytona is because they're all right next to each other the whole race instead of instead of being able to spread out some.
3: All right. what, they, what they need to do, whatever, whatever happened at Nashville the way that race went is what they need to hope the next gen car provides at all tracks racing or the way Atlanta runs where you're losing, you lose time over a run. Two seconds. You know, there's got to be tire fall off and that car has got to be hard to drive. That's, that's was the best time in NASCAR was when those cars, when you're coming off the corner, you're worried that it's going to be loose you gotta have the right throttle on it. I don't care about this their care they they want better corner speeds. I wanna see I gotta outbreak somebody going into the corner and make sure I can get out of the corner faster than them. I don't wanna be throttling up in the middle and having to slow up because I may be faster in the center because of it, and then once I slow up I lose three positions because somebody can go by on the outside that has momentum.
2: And it's uh nashville had self-spins it's the first time in 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 years we actually had self-spins on the track right um what what it is with the tire fall off is when they have those high corner speeds with the high downforce package goodyear can't soften the tire and get tire wear because if they because the speeds are too high in the corners for the tire to hold up
0: All right, to wrap up the partnership, I'm going to read a quote from uh, the aforementioned VP, Tim Clark. He said, quote, NASCAR fans know and love iRacing for their accomplishments in the development of virtual racing series, but what many may not realize is that the company is so much more than just an esports partner. Our racing is a full-on technology partner in every sense of the word, and their best-in-class simulation and engineering capabilities are helping us innovate across multiple layers of our business, whether that be in designing new racetracks, developing new race cars, creating compelling digital content, or providing a virtual training, gar- training ground for the next generation of NASCAR stars.
1: That's cool. I, I really like that they want to use this as a training tool for future stars. Um, Like, uh, you know, when William Byron, he started getting big in the NASCAR and his name was growing. That was the one thing you would always hear about him, that, you know, he came from iRacing, that, you know, it was something that he used quite a bit compared to some of the drivers from uh, other generations. And uh, the fact that they're looking to repeat that success of uh, these drivers learning in iRacing before they, you know, before they get big in in stock car racing it's a really cool testament to how well the sport or this uh this uh, sim translates to real racing all right guys um so there's a really cool uh facebook page called everything i racing and uh john g anderson posted on that site that he thinks that i racing needs an iRacing racing mobile app so uh i know that um i have that uh I have the one, the iSchedule app that uh, we had talked about on the show a few months ago. It works really well. But um, do you guys think an iRacing app could be better integrated into the sim? Maybe that uh, you can schedule schedule future races better and uh, even sign up for them maybe on a mobile app. Yeah. I think that would be a big, that would be the big thing that iRacing can do that, that iSchedule doesn't do is actually you can sign up for stuff early on your phone or, and... uh just jump right into the computer.
0: Right, I'm not always in my office, and you guys know that. Before the race, I'm doing other stuff. I'm doing stuff for my wife and my family. I'm doing other things in my house, the yard, and uh, the last thing I need to do is go into my office and and go register for a race. So I use remote control software from my phone to the computer as an, a, a workaround. But man, if there was an app. Yeah, I want an app. I mean, how everyone has an app. Why doesn't you know iRacing? So, you know, uh, turn those guys loose on it and just you know it, make it as simple. Like, it, let's sign up for a race to start with. Then so when, you know make it where we can look up stats and then to add to it. You know, we
2: have to we have to add a feature though that uh, that uh, sends you reminders to practice.
3: No, that's what I was gonna say. Most of us sign up for the events and go in and practice. So that's why we're in on time. Mike just signs up for the events to just race them. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Mike, we go straight into a practice. Mike's, Mike doesn't come in until afterwards. But I do agree some some way of, pre like, even if you could pre, say even if they've found a way where you could pre-register up to, like, two hours before and just have yourself as a cue, like, queuing into it. Like, I'm planning on racing it but I'm not at my computer, right?
0: Yeah, and then you get a notification, you know, 30 minutes out. Okay, you ready to register or not, or something.
1: Now, if you can protest from the app, then you got something.
0: Right, I mean, after the that's a good thing, too, because after the race, the last thing I want to do is sit at my, my cockpit and, and sit there in the heat. I want to walk away and, and get cooled off and... Um, you know, there is that cool-off period. So, yeah, give us the option of doing it from the couch on my on my phone. <laughs> David's going to have a, a
3: mobile. You've used up all your data and protest budget for the month.
1: I have unlimited. Oh, sorry, Nim. <laughs> sorry, everybody who races with David.
2: For the record, Nim has said, that's what he wants you to do rather than just go out on the track and just wreck them
0: yeah never retaliate because then you can get nailed I could just imagine if that was what David was allowed to do is just go out on the track swift justice
3: if I was behind David though in the race I'd make sure I would always start behind him if there was guys in front of him that were had beef with
2: you know how it works though when you when you do have an issue with somebody you don't have to just wreck them there's plenty of other things you can do to get in their way
3: yeah there is uh you know we had a video before about how to do the hosting maybe they need a video for tutorial for protesting how to file one or maybe a manual let's see uh iracing is uh put out these these seem to come really slow but they've uh put out another manual on the pdf file uh for the nascar cup series gen 6 car the mustang the toyota and the camry um, and it's a pretty good manual to go over every single thing it's very intuitive for every adjustment the car is it tells you all the stuff on like the dashboard and uh, just gives you a whole synopsis on the, all the cars um so that you can you know learn a bit a bit more about how this actually works I, i'm thinking of downloading this manual just to have uh this is reference for some of the adjustments uh that i always end up looking in the setup garage uh
0: for what it actually does yeah this lists like everything that's in the setups that uh, you can adjust and what the definition is and what it does and all that so if you're in there looking at how to change the setup and you're you know don't have a clue and this will tell you. This isn't the only manual. I kind of focused on this one because it's the Cup car. Uh, there's been others. Uh, they, they're putting out other road cars and various ones. So um, they are putting them out. They're just not very visible. Uh, if you're looking for one, there might, there probably is one. So um, I don't think they have them out for all the cars. But this is obviously a very popular one.
2: I'll tell you one that's needed is the one for the LMP1 hybrids. Because when somebody gets in there for the first time, they don't even know that there's a boost button. They're so lost, it's funny. That would be just
3: alone trying to set that thing up. The amount of stuff on that is ridiculous for, I think it has, what, four pages in the the garage just to uh, set it up.
0: Now, this next one is a great opportunity. Um, Alpha Testing is now recruiting. Chris Widener posted in the forums that they have openings for anyone willing to devote some time to alpha testing, specifically on our test nights, which are Monday and Wednesday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. I also need a few AI testers. Now, man, I mean, the the times conflict with my work schedule a bit and NIS, so I'm not going to be uh, interested in this. But... Uh, if you're available, man, what an opportunity I think it is.
2: Yeah, I don't know if they would want any of us on there because when you do that, you have to be very non-disclosure, and we would, we'd have to be doing the show knowing things <laughs> that are coming out and have to keep it keep, keep yeah. tight-lipped
0: about it. There'd be no way we could do that. Yeah, um, but if I was, you know, if I wasn't on a podcast and and I had the times available, I would sign up for this because i just think it'd be cool you know they they'd give you a task to do hey we want you to try this car at this track and and see what you know if it works or we're we're trying something new or we want you to do this set or you know whatever they are they want you to test and it's kind of neat to you know you go into the the night not knowing what you're going to be working on and they give you something to do and then you do it
2: all right Let's talk 24 Hours of Spa, which is kind of funny because we also have a 24 Hour for Le Mans effectively really coming up—not uh, this weekend, but the following weekend. But this is the an actual special event that can actually be a special event, right? And it's going to be a lot of your classic information. Oh, minimum driver requirements—you got to have at least a 1.25k i reading and a C license. That's new. Wow.
1: Yeah, they never had uh, high rate sh- uh restrictions like that, did they?
3: I've never seen an I rating restriction ever before yeah. in my racing. That yeah. has to be a just a, a first. license
1: restriction. That's the only thing I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, that is brand new. Interesting. Um it said the circuit the 24 Deman. Wait. That's not right. Try again. That's not right. It says Deman on here, but that's not right. I'm looking I've got the wrong form post loaded.
0: That's pretty
2: funny. Hi, uh, yeah, I'm on a roll today. I'm gonna have to protest myself. I presents bad the 24
3: moon. hours of spa powered by Heeskin
2: Yeah. Okay. So that's why there was a uh, the 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 1.25 k i rating is for the Le Mans, not the spa. I had the wrong thing open. We got four time slots: 2200, seven, twelve, and 1600 GMT. Um... Registration is going to open 60 minutes prior. I'm glad they're doing that. that. That seemed to help the last time they did that. It's going to be a license of uh, D4.0 Road. Sim date is going to be 3.30 p.m. on the 31st. Um, and when you do the endurance event, compared, instead of one of the sprint events, the, the race Green flag actually comes not at the regular start finish line, but out basically on a rouge as you're running down a rouge. So be be aware of that. It'll have a 30 minute warm up. A lot of the other standard. It's going to be all of the GT3 cars. Qualifying is attached. Minimum two drivers. Stop and go limit is 100 incidents and 20 afterwards. Field size 55. And they will balance the power specifically for this event. And that will be announced later.
0: So I want to make sure I understand this. So this series, there's a series of 24-hour races. They do an announcement on the Spa race, which is after the Le Mans race. They've never done an announcement of the Le Mans race, but it's still a 24-hour race. And it's still happening in the same series that this this race is happening in. No. We, they're just not going to talk about it, I guess.
2: No, this is a different set of cars.
0: This is the special. Oh. This is the special that they do.
3: This is basically like the Rolex and the uh, what other special, like how we have NIS has full-length events. It's all part of the, that schedule yeah
2: they can't do the Le Mans one so what they did with the Le Mans series is there's there's an endurance Le Mans series or the European endurance series that used to be six hour races several times every other week um and you could run it usually pretty easy with two drivers right just have them split up two two or three three uh and that was running the European the WEC cars basically um they took that and made every race for this season for season three, 24 hours. So last week was Hockingheim, 24 hours and com- coming up as Le Mans, And then Monza and uh, Daytona are still on the schedule too. I'd like to roll. Okay. so this I'm fall is a part Monza. of that.
3: No. Isn't Circa on there too? The, the, yeah. Coda's or, on there as well. Coda's 24,
2: on there? 24 hours of Coda. You know, I used to really hate Coda, but I enjoyed it on the stock cars compared to running it in the, in the Ferrari. It was weird. Yes. My well, mic's still working, right? Yep. I'm trying yes. to see if Brian's still awake. <laughs> He's probably follow, getting cozy to just sleep by all the, the sounds of the birds
3: and birds. The road talk. <laughs> Mike and, uh, and, and Brian, I'll, uh, Glaze you know, over, once yeah. the once we go into the road. <laughs>
1: exactly. now, I just, I
3: just I, had a
2: memory. I would, you know, if you ever listen to Dave Moody's show, he would make jokes, or or maybe it was uh, Mike Bagley's. They would make jokes about they want to hear somebody actually have an accident while they're while they're on the phone with them on the you know as long as they don't actually get hurt. So w- wouldn't it be funny if while we're doing the podcast, a bear shows up and it, it, just outside uh, Brian's window?
3: <laughs> yeah, he waves. No, um, if anybody wants to know, Brian, we can see where Brian is. He's out camping right now in the uh, wilderness. That's why we're talking about it. But uh, are we planning on running this, David? Uh, With uh, Dave? I
2: think I probably. Yeah. Probably Um, with
3: Mercedes. mm
2: -hmm. And um, we might have recruited somebody out of the fast track league, too, so that we can have a fourth for uh, all of these races. The Elite West guys all have to work.
3: Would it be, if you're recruiting out of the fast track, would it be someone that's been really fast in there?
2: Yeah, he's fast. <laughs> Sandbag he's, really so, fast. he's so fast, he doesn't
1: need luck. All right, guys, so we'll move on to our next uh, sort of endurance race. This is from Russell Barnes. Um, he posted an in inform that he's going to be hosting a two-hour Le Mans practice race on Saturday, July 3rd at 8.30 p.m. UCT plus one. And I have no idea what that means as far as Eastern Standard Time, but, um, but if you're interested, look that up. And uh, they're actually going to stream all the action on his YouTube channel, so uh, this one does have the uh, 125K I-rating C-class license minimum. Uh, it's uh, Of course, it's at, uh, at Le Mans. Uh, they're running the GTE and LMP2 open setup cars, uh, 75% fuel limit on the GTE, 100% on LMP2. So uh, the race conditions are actually going to be the same as the 24 hours. On that following week where uh, iRacing will have their... Uh, the Import
2: series at Le Mans. That's going to have the GTs pitting about the same time as the LMPs. That'll, that'll be interesting. So,
3: Brian, the conversion for that 8.30, uh, it would be one thirty p.m.
0: Eastern time. Nice.
1: Thanks, Brian.
0: I mean, if you're running, that to be a good practice event, I was thinking. Get some track time. It's, looks like it's like... Uh, I don't even recognize that time zone,
3: but uh, I'm not sure. It's more of, of a your math, right? Well, that's what Google. I just typed it into Google. Right, let me try it again.
2: It's seven thirty GMT. So you subtract, you subtract four, to get uh, Eastern time during the daylight savings.
0: Break out the calculators.
1: Craig looks like his head's gonna explode.
2: 7:30 GMT because UTC plus one is 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 1 hour later than GMT. And GMT does not move with daylight savings. It's
3: 7 hours ahead
2: of standard time but not daylight time. Of
3: Eastern standard time is is it I guess of Eastern standard time is, it's 7 hours ahead. No, sorry, it's 19 hours ahead. Right, I'm not up. doing
1: this anymore. I'm not doing this I, anymore. I keep coming up with November. <laughs>
3: Blue. I keep coming uh, up at the start of this podcast for Mike.
2: It's 730 GMT. So, so you take four off of that. Uh, it's 330.
3: There's a race and it's at a time.
2: Look at up In forms. Hosted
0: races. Then what's the time in Arizona going to be? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We're not doing this.
2: <laughs> hey, go back a couple of years and try to figure out the time in Indiana and then it'd be even worse they had different counties that different counties that refused to observe daylight savings throughout the state
1: that's right yeah that's right so we got
3: uh a new East Ar- East NASCAR stock car challenge so uh they're calling it the uh i guess it's the Logitech G challenge um for both the stock car and open wheel racers uh it's open to all uh drivers Uh, and free to enter Uh, you have to sign up at uh, the website Uh, what's the website experience Uh, logitechchallenge.com so I was looking on the website here for it Uh, it's got two different obviously iRacing it looks like they're using two different sims to run this in general but they're using the stock car and the um, as as Mike puts it uh, the rocket car for the uh, roadside Um, but they also have a a GT under Autos uh, a des- uh AC2 <laughs> or uh, a set of Corsa. Who? Um, <laughs> yeah, another sim. But if you look under the stock car one, so it's basically they got a couple uh, ways they go here. So um, there's there's qualifying all month here uh, for round one from July 1st to the 26th of July in the stock car and the uh, rocket car, or the, uh, IRL 01. Um, so what you need to do is you need to, to po- to finish on the podium, top, top three spots, or win in overall points to get into the semifinals, they also have a wild card to get into the grand finale weekend. Um, but this is going all over from looks, looks like from July 1st, uh, all the way into, uh,
0: the end of well, July. By you're not going to day, find right? a lot of nitty gritty here, Greg. I dug through this website trying to find like when is the freaking race? They don't. They have a time, but they don't list the time zone, and so it's not really clear what you have to do when. But I did sign up anyway and, and provide my email. I assume they're going to email further instructions. Okay, because I mean. I think the big thing here
3: is obviously the the winning, like, the grand prize. So it's a four-day, three-night, all-inclusive trip to Las Vegas, an on-track driving experience, uh, meet a professional driver, athletes, and celebrities, uh, and complete in a grand finale to win the McLaren Racing VIP experience. Um, so my question is, is that's kind of a broad – I mean, I get the four days, three nights, and, the, and then the on-track – track experience, but they obviously go meet a professional drivers and athletes and celebrities. Like it's kind of like broad of what they're saying. There's who you're going to meet. Right. Kind of goes with what the details you're saying are on this actual website. It's a pretty, it's pretty well, like it's like flashy on the website, but you're right. There is a lacking
0: of detail here. Yeah. If you look at the calendar, I mean, on the stock car one, Charlotte motor speedway, 2018 version oval, qualifying opens july 1st and closes july 26 but the challenge it says is july 31st at 4 a.m no time zone listed 4 so it says 4 a.m on mine but i you know if that's eastern time you know i don't know if that how that's going to work for me you know (laughs) that's weird because mine says p.m. canadian uh differences i don't know that is odd, but anyway, uh, I signed up. Um, they, you have to provide your name and email and uh, and whatnot, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I'm gonna. Uh, they were advertising this to me, like as an advertisement in my Facebook feed, and so I clicked on it, um, like a good uh, uh, consumer, and uh, thought, "Oh, this is pretty cool." It looks like on the stock
3: car side, they basically put like iconic tracks, because they got Charlotte, Indianapolis, Talladega, Bristol, Daytona. Like, it's weird to have two restrictor plate
0: races in there, too, right? And it doesn't say, are these races, are these time attacks? What is it? I think it's a time attack. It looks like a time attack, because they listed as a qualifying opens, right? Right. It opens and closes on certain days, like you go in at any time and put up a lap, is the way I kind of read it. But yeah, there's not a lot of details, so uh, we'll have to see.
3: I wonder if they had to do it that way because they're using another sim on the side too, right? It's not like it's three different – there's three different things here. They're kind of wanting the events to look the
0: same. Maybe that's why they're just doing a time trial part of it. Right. There's three different uh, genres. iRacing is on two of the three, and like you said, AC on the other one.
2: Well, Greg, did you get a chance to watch the Coda race uh, yesterday?
3: No, but it was the uh, round two uh, where I'm going to screw this name up, so I apologize. It's Agustino Canapino. Yeah. Um, He took the uh, round two win uh, in the Williams eSports car. Um, I didn't, like I said, I didn't catch the race, um, but I know that those uh, Xfinity cars are awesome at uh, Coda. Um, did you catch this at all, Mike or David?
2: I actually no. watched oh, the whole race. It was it was very entertaining. As a matter of fact, it was one of the more entertaining road races I've seen. When when you can't use costumes to change up the strategy, right? Uh, one thing I did notice is they had in, they had to have incident limits off because they were using the runoff everywhere. Um, but there was a lot of really tight racing, and there was um, a, there was some beating and banging. There's one driver who probably is on several people's list because he he short pitted way early and then just started driving way over his head trying to fight people with fresher tires and and ended up finishing 16th it just the strategy didn't pay off uh, and he, he probably wounded his cars a little bit too but uh, uh he he or Canapinino, but he he um he ran away with the race, but uh, there was a lot of really good battles right in the mid pack and and the uh, Evan and the and the coverage they did a really good job of of covering those races and those battles. And uh, we we talked about it a little bit earlier. One of the interesting things that that series is. Uh, Three different regions, three different series, and those driver, Drive for Diversity drivers were involved as well. And I, I remember just talking about that earlier in the partnership. So they're, they're definitely using the SIM as one of the places to get those, those Drive for Diversity drivers some results. And that moves us on to the next topic, which is uh, this series called the Almost Pro Series. Um, And it's returning in 2021. This time they're going international. They're partnering up with PAX EGX to bring two competitions. There's going to be one for North America and one for Europe. And the competition is utilizing the Formula V at Laguna Seca. The 30 fastest drivers from each region at the conclusion of Time Attack are going to be invited to compete in the final events. And the North Americans will be competing for 5,000 USD. The Europeans competing for 5,000 Euro wow
3: what's that
0: in eastern standard time okay we're off of that my bad so it, it's called the almost pro does that mean if you're a pro you can't run it I guess
2: well that would change the nature of this race compared to ever every other pay to win race that, that goes on in iRacing now
3: it'd be interesting if they ever you know started excluding some of that stuff for some of those guys where if they hold a pro license they don't get in I, I don't know if that's it for this, but you know, I don't know if that goes against you. I don't know if you should ever be penalized for being
0: no matter what it is. Right. Well, give everybody else a chance, you know, that's, I mean, that's kind of the way I read this uh, whole idea. You know, I'm sure some marketing guy, Uh, Came up with this, but you know, the almost pro series, you know, and it kind of refers to the amateur guy out there, kind of like us. uh, We're not going to be pros, we're never going to be pros, but we still race. Uh, Let us uh, earn some money.
2: Any private event can can call it what they want and enforce what they want. I don't know if you could ever do it in any of the official series. For example, in NIS, I want every chance I can to get to to race with with Garrett Maines, even though he's going to kick my rear.
1: And, uh, look Go at the look Ryan. at the fire look at the firecracker, man. That was just populated with pro drivers. So, you know, when you have uh money on the line and uh you include these pro drivers, it's it's almost uh, guys like us are just like, "Eh, It'll be, might be fun to do it, but you know, you're not going to be in the money or nothing.
3: So they're just splitting it up into Europeans and, and North Americans, is how they're dif- distinguishing the two different regions. That's all it is. Like North Americans and then Europeans, is that's all there's just. Dis-
2: yep, Australians don't exist.
3: I was going to say, like, where do all the. It's, Sorry, guys. It's, it's,
2: <laughs> that's
3: like, you know, that's burying them down under. <laughs> but
2: title idea, Australian Stepchild Syndrome.
3: Sorry, guys. Sorry, mates. I think we already have our title from a conversation in the thing. We don't need it from that.
2: (laughs) They they all have a tournament too, and the prize is going to be some Vegemite. A year's supply.
0: Alright, we have a very good news update here on our friend Gary Corbett. I heard uh, today Uh, from uh, somebody that uh, saw on Facebook a post from his sister Mindy um, and she said that uh, all traces of Gary's brain cancer are gone Uh, dude let's knock the rest of this out of his system man I'm overjoyed greatest news ever so that's really good news uh, for Gary Um, I understand that he still needs assistance with the GoFundMe though even though he's had some good news uh, lots of bills to pay and he still needs our help guys um the the guys over at OBRL have uh still been helping um their amount has gone up to let me see 3500 uh of the 15000 raised so far was done by the OBRL guys and uh those guys have really stepped up and uh hey you don't have to be in the OBRL to help out um jump on the uh, GoFundMe and, and see if you can help Gary out, guys.
2: And just, it's great news, but just remember that it, he's still going to have the financial fight on on top of actually having to get over the the cancer, and that can add to stress and actually make recovery a little bit more challenging. So help him out.
0: All right.
1: Yeah, I I, look, I really look forward to seeing uh, Gary on the track again in the ob hour races. Um, he's a good dude, and I, I can't wait to race with him again.
0: Yeah, good news for sure. Podcast Housekeeping Notes. Don't forget the Aftermath Podcast. Uh, Go out and get it. I don't know what they got planned this week. We have our website, iracerslounge.com. Make sure to check that out for the show notes, guys. Uh, Really cool to check that out. You get links, pictures, visuals, videos, everything. Uh, Also, Midwest Simulations. We have a coupon code over there, iracerslounge, for 10% off your Spotlights Pro, which will uh, give you that visual representation of what's going on around you. Don't forget, we're on the Performance Motorsports Network.
2: Podcast Fantasy League.
0: In a casual setting.
1: Okay, guys. uh, First of all, uh, don't pay any attention to the names on the the list. (laughs) (laughs) That is actually that is not the standings the standings that's the that's the results from Pocono that's not the overall standings is that so what, a, gonna, what a
2: comeback Steve
1: I was gonna say super well and jumped up a whole bunch of spots so um, I'm gonna go over the standings I know you guys can't see it I'll update that after uh, after the show's over but uh, as of right now uh, first place is oh baby 44 and I think uh, that's a new leader um, res dogs in second just in times ninth uh, let's see frozen cactus Seventh place. So good job, Greg. You're in top I won seven the weekend. Now. I,
3: I took I took the overall from both races.
1: Nice. So uh Greg, Greg's making some moves here. Uh Jed and Mike Fly. Uh Chris Gales is in uh, eighth. Tony Groves is in ninth. Uh let's see. Man, where did, where did you go? Uh Mike.
0: Twenty-fourth or something.
1: Oh boy. Okay. So yeah, Mike's uh twenty-fourth. Um I'm in 29th pulling up the rear as usual. Uh, uh, Tyler's, uh, jumping, jumping up. He's in 21st. So he's making a little bit of a move. Adam Jocelyn's in 20th, uh, Tony Rochette's in 19th. So, uh, still got a f- few good races left. Um, it was, uh, I hope everybody made their changes at Pocono. It's kind of weird having, you know, two races in the same weekend where you got to make changes uh, on the fly like that. And, uh, sorry for everybody who had uh conor larson in that first race with that flag I tire. Did. that was crazy i did i too. still want it and i still
0: want it and i had him is that crazy or what 24th at the first race but second in the second race
2: and I, I had actually flipped the channel as after the white flag came out it and then came back and saw alex being interviewed and i was like huh
3: and I think uh, the funnier thing was, is what, two weeks in a row now I've wrote, isn't it funny that Credit One is uh, sponsoring the last lap watching Larson uh, having to now come down and take a win, but they're not sponsoring his car anymore. And, and then all of a sudden, it <laughs> he blew the tire coming out of the turn two there. And I was like, oh, did I jinx him? But uh, no, that was, that was an unfortunate event there. There was a, probably a bunch of guys that had him for the win, him for the team part, him for the top Chevy finish, like that's that was a whole bunch of points that just went down for everybody in one lap.
1: And he still came back to finish second, and on Sunday, and had to start in the rear of the field.
3: The other thing that I I kind of lost on Sunday is I accidentally left uh, Kyle Busch in my garage for the third third round or the third I, uh, stage.
1: I had Kyle Busch, and I was going to take him out after stage two, but I wasn't near my computer at the time. So I just let it ride. And, uh, you know, he looked terrible. Matter of fact, uh, uh, during the broadcast, I think it was uh, Steve LaTarte who said, uh, yeah, I'm taking uh, Kyle out of my uh, fantasy and uh, winds up winning the dang thing.
2: Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. All right, let's talk some hardware. Mike, we got another familiar story.
0: Yeah, this one sticks in my craw a little bit, but it does provide me a little validation of my wheel problems. Uh, Z28 Gaming, he uh, has a YouTube video up on his channel uh, chronicling chronicling his experience with his Fanatec DV2 wheelbase. Basically, he had the same problem I do, where he could not get the wheel off, he eventually forced it off. Uh, he said that rubber piece was kind of doubled up in there and that's why it hung up. But there was also a little plastic piece that goes inside where the little pins connect, uh, that kind of came out and, uh, he thought that might be the problem, but, uh, yeah, he was just venting a little bit and, uh, kind of like I do and, uh, not real happy about it. Um, But it seems like, uh, yeah, a few people have this problem.
2: Well, uh, hopefully he has better luck with their customer service than I have with uh, the pedals. We'll see. Moving on to the next topic, SimForge updates. The the Mark Ones are now going to be coming with a plug-and-play integrated electronics board. It's going to have 24-bit res for the brake pedal and 16-bit res for the accelerator and clutch. And it's just a cute little circuit board with a plastic cover top that you plug everything into.
0: Yeah, updated electronics on some really nice pedals. They also uh, pointed out they wouldn't want to thank Barry Roland for his valuable feedback, which has led to the upgrades on this. Mark one's uh, pedals. So Barry out there uh, showing him how to do it. Right.
2: I don't think, you know, we talk a lot of the hardware, but we don't really have the garage like he does. He really, really, I don't think there's anybody. He probably is the number one source, right?
1: Yeah. I don't think anybody's had his actual hands on as much SIM equipment as, as uh, Barry has. It's just amazing. The amount of uh, stuff he's actually handled and, and driven, and in in sim so um, if anybody's out there who uh, who can give you good input as to improve your product uh, there's nobody better than uh, barry is
2: and brian uh, you can tell us about the actual pedals
1: yeah, so uh, the SimForge, they actually have a Mark One Dark Edition, which is really cool. So it has the option to purchase the Mark One pedals with a matte black powder coating on the aluminum base and mounting parts. So it just gives it a different look to it. Um, it's actually a really sleek looking design with that with that black um, powder coat. Uh, um, I think it, uh, to me it just looks a lot lot better than the uh, just a plain aluminum. You see it all the other rigs, all the other pedal designs have. So it's design only, you know. Take it for what it is, but uh, but it does give it a really nice look.
2: I really like to look. Box. I really like to look at my pedals through my VR all the time.
0: <laughs> I mean, four hundred bucks for a load cell, and they look really nice. I mean, uh, that's a good price.
2: That's close. What's the V threes now? Are they up to six hundred now?
1: Maybe the inverts. Okay, I when I, when I there got them, the they V3s. were. Th-
2: when I got them, they were three hundred, uh, but that was like five years ago. Alpha Mini, Greg.
3: Now, Mike, I think you were talking about this one, right? You you noticed this one uh, coming
0: from Sim Magic, right? Yeah, this is uh, in response to the DD CSL uh, announcement from Fanatec. You know, an uh, entry level direct drive base, and uh, boy, here's Sim Magic with their own. So I'm just going to the website here. I guess it's this Alpha one on the website. Um,
3: I'm not sure how this compares. I haven't looked uh, to uh, what Fanatec's thing is, but I'm thinking in most of these aspects, it seems to be a lot better than the the, the numbers are a little bit better than the uh, fanatech one, right? With like the the fifth the 15 nanomutants to- 15 nanom. Newton meters. It's, it's newton meters, Newton meters. There we
1: go. 10, 10 newton meters, right, for the Alpha Mini.
3: Is it different? Okay, maybe the website has. They don't have the yeah, actual yeah, I have the Alpha on here. I, I use that right. Mini is I didn't okay. see the Alpha
1: Mini on the website either. Um, okay, my bad. But the Alpha Mini one. is a ten newton meter servo, but still, um, you have to get. You have to buy the DDCSL with the uh with the additional power supply just to get eight nanometers from the new uh from the new fanatic one so uh this one's a little bit stronger and at 500 dollars, you know it's pretty much priced the same after you do buy that upgrade
0: this is awesome and if my wheel went belly up today i think this is the one i would buy right now and like you said it's, it's got a little more power than that csl DD. it's only 500 dollars um you know you have to get a wheel to go with it but still i mean that's half what i paid for this dd1 so, uh,
2: go up sir go go
1: i was gonna say it's, it says that the limited the 500 is a launch price a limited price so i'm not sh- so it doesn't look like that's going to be the final price after everything sorts through but um so i don't know what it's going to be once that limited time's over go ahead dave sorry about that
2: they got, I was just going to go ahead, Greg. I'm no, going to transition, I'm gonna transition oh. this.
3: I was just going to say with this, they got to be careful not to change that much, right? Like if it's $500, you know, you don't want to beat yourself up afterwards, like where it's like a, a cost that's kind of putting it further away from the Fanatec. Like when you look at it right there, that looks perfect to battle against the Fanatec uh, CSL right would it go up to 600 or 700 or what and and the worst so- part is it this this all depends on like do you have a rim in that like a lot of people who buy Fanatec have been in the Fanatec family for a while right so they've accumulated rims they just change bases or add rims and stuff i you know i guess every one of these can have any type of rim you want you just have there's always adapters um, but there's another
0: cost sometimes on the on these uh, bases too. so that's not the only thing they announced uh, this week. Some magic also announced full damper pedals uh, from six hundred fifty dollars. Order yours now. So what do you think of these pedals? I mean first of all the the look of them, you know, I really like the look with the base plate. Uh, the chrome, you know, uprights, the the pedal uh, plates themselves, uh, they got a lot of, you know, they're not smooth. They got some dimples on them, so to speak. And then the yellow, you know, uh, hardware behind them, uh, I just, they just pop. They look good.
2: Yeah, and the, that brake is actually hydraulic.
3: Yeah, I was just going to say that it's kind of a hydraulic. Uh, there's a hydraulic reservoir back there, so... You know that definitely is a great setup um and even with like what you're talking about with that plate uh mike there's a lot of adjustability with that plate that it comes with uh to moving them from di- to different spots i'm guessing if you want to take this plate and invert it you can um
2: it, i think it does need change. a few more holes um i don't think you it looks to me like it'd be really hard to get the brake further over to the left if you want
0: well, yeah it looks like there's some adjustability there with the holes I wonder how hard it would be to
3: I guess to maybe make your own there on it but um, it looks like there is uh, some uh, enough to to play around with for a little bit like it looks because it even looks like on the gas and the clutch there they can even move them up closer or further away with some of the holes they have
1: located
2: yep and the gas is very adjustable um i think it's pneumatic rather than hydraulic but uh that works really good on the gas pedal
1: well
3: you'll never have a hydraulic gas pedal you would have a hydraulic clutch but
0: not hydraulic gas it's either fly-by-wire or a cable i'm really, I'm really liking this company uh, these days i mean uh with these products they have you know they got a lot of good stuff um They got U.S. distribution now. They have pedals. They got an entry-level DD. They got a nicer DD. I mean, uh, you name it, uh, they're putting it out. It's pretty cool.
2: That is another one of the things I was going to say. It's good they have multiple distributions, so you have different places you can get the product instead of just being stuck with email in Germany and waiting two weeks.
3: (laughs) Right. I was going to say this is definitely a consideration if i was ever going to upgrade my pedals this would be you know one of the ones that i would look into just for the way that uh,
0: they've gone about this Cost. Uh, yeah or hydraulic i mean that's pretty cheap
2: all right some pedals come with rotors some don't here's a kit that you can use san3d has a uk offer that is a pedal motor rumble kit that will attach to the back of your pedals and give you rumble feedback from 95 to 110 pounds
0: is this thing so
1: Uh, it's basically
2: uh, almost like a butt kicker for your pedals
1: yes the the um v3 pedals have these built into them right oh i know mine does the inverts have a little rumbles little rumbles on them that you can uh you can uh tune those in the uh, fanalab software and you know it just uh creates a you can you can set it for like a wheel lock or something like that on your brakes you press the brakes too hard and you'll feel a little bit of vibration in the wheel
0: i see it's built right into the box you put the box right onto the pedals and then Correct. you run right your the audio side. right into it you got it
2: yeah it was uh pretty handy um mine the brake never really vibrated very well because because we didn't have anti-lock brakes, I guess, which is the only thing that triggered the brake rotor, but the the throttle would rotate or rumble whenever the front tire was slipping, when the front right tire was slipping, and so you could tell if you were turning the wheel too much.
0: Yeah, pretty cool. Um, you don't. Know, I mean, yeah. If you don't have brakes with that, you know, maybe this might be a nice nice addition. All
1: right. So next up, we have a new rig from. TEDco Racing. It's the TR V2 rig. Um, it's an all-black um 8040 style system featuring their new V3 monitor des- mount design for large single monitors. It's not designed for triples. So options for the boomerangs can be made from either CNC machined uh 60 t- 60 61 aluminum or laser cut steel. So it's kind of like a hybrid. Um the base frame is 8020 uh aluminum or 60. 60- 60, 20, 61 aluminum, and uh, where the uh, the brackets for the uh, for the mount and uh, are made out of uh, the CNC type of aluminum. Um, pretty pretty basic. It's got interesting uh, interesting connectors for the uh, 8020 system for the extruded aluminum. Uh, they look pretty solid though.
0: Look real uh, solid.
1: But it's not like like uh, like David's real thick thick base that he has on his eighty uh, twenty system. So it's not a super heavy duty system, but it's a it's a good it's a good entry level style um, extruded aluminum uh, uh, system. I couldn't find a price on that. I I, didn't, I don't know if you found one Mike or not.
0: Well, the company's out of Malaysia um, for one. Um, they don't have a proper website. They do have a Facebook. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, w- no price.
1: Looking at it, I wouldn't expect to pay a whole lot. Um, it, it would be easily overpriced if you do.
0: Yeah, four to 400 600 maybe at the most, yeah. So David would
3: really like this since he's in VR, having uh, uh, laser-engraved plates on his uh, SIM rig so he can see it while he's in the screen door effect with, and the uh, virtual VR,
1: that that is Black Petals.
3: Yeah. So uh, hybrid racing simulations are experimenting with some new, unique laser engraving techniques on uh, their products uh, to give their customers a new, unique look. Um, I think this is a really cool idea um, for all their plating and things like that, so that you can, you know, get a unique look. Now, your I logo. Wish- I wish they would, yeah, I wish they would. Is that what they're kind of striving for here, is where you can customize it,
0: or are they trying to put the HRS symbol on it? Well, I just think they're experimenting to show that it can be done. Um, I don't know what what the end game is, but they're using their logo, the HRS logo on this, and they're showing like a podium uh, mount for a Podium DD base uh, that would mount to an eighty twenty rig, but it's got that HRS logo etched all over it. Uh, Pretty cool. Also show uh, to the left side, a extension, a steering wheel extension that uh, fascinates me. Uh, If I ever built a rig, I was telling the team, man, I, I think I wanna get that, the direct drive away from the monitor and what better way to do it than to have some kind of extension between the, the direct drive and the actual wheel.
2: I don't know if you'd want to do that though, because it would really affect where everything else is on your rig. You'd have to move the entire center post further away from you to hold the direct drive. True. Uh, But if, but if you, if you, so, I mean, that would be uh, something that maybe Bobby and his design would have to, with his design AutoCAD for the 8020 would have to show you how it would, how it would fit with that difference in the dimension
0: there's only one other cockpit maker out there that does that. I think it's Carolina Simworks. He runs a a steering shaft down to I mean it keeps the direct drive drive down by the uh, pedals.
3: Now, I guess the good thing about that is to keep um I don't know if it would uh would it change the characteristic of how um you would turn with it. Cause you get a little bit of, it would, it would make the, the, the feel in the in the wheel might be a little bit different being up there, but you need something to hold that column in place. Like you're like, David's saying it is you have a direct drive mount that holds into the bolts that are provided on all the, you know, these eighty twenty rigs or whatever, but there you'd actually have to come up with something where you would have to have that center pole pivot in like a bearing area or, uh, right you wouldn't want a collar, to call right? yeah you wouldn't want it moving about and then it would have to be tough enough to to, to be able to sit in that area with with that, that you know the extra length of that i know there's we've seen a bunch of sim rigs that have had them but it's it's a lot it seems like a lot more work uh, but if you want your sprig a certain way i guess you could do it right
2: about the only question I would ask would be uh simply why what what benefit i don't
0: know but looks cool <laughs>
2: i'm
3: guessing some of those benefits david is just design of what that rig is where the screens are and how everything works Where maybe they can put the monitors down further where you don't have the wheel up as high and you can change the ang then you could have the angle of the rim and stuff sitting at where you want it in, a, in an area which i think it just would have to be preference on the rigs dimension, or style styling
0: Okay, and we'll move on to the next one. We have the uh, pr- the Pro Racing Simulation and Training Center posted on their Facebook page a set of triple Samsung G9 49-inch screens that create a 240-degree field of view, and it's and they show it from above so you can get a view of. It's more than half a circle. It's like three quarters of a circle, guys. It's too much. Uh, and and somebody in the comments had posted, you know, this is too much for sim racing. You don't need more than 180 for sim racing. And so uh, there might be other games that could take advantage of this, but sim racing is not one of them.
2: And if you want to be realistic, if, when you've got a helmet on, you don't see much more than you see in VR. Helmets, Hans, the seat. You can't turn the your head everything. seat. I've had one on, I've had a Hans on. You can't turn your head. It's it's you can move it about ten degrees.
1: Yeah, and another thing, that's gonna take a, a beefy computer to be able to render all three of those comp- monitors too.
3: That would be a thirty what
0: a thirty ninety T I. Okay, is it Fanatec or a Phonetic?
2: I don't care. What, which care. is why they gave me this article because they know I don't no um, we should bring Gary on to uh, to read this article I believe it is actually supposed to be pronounced um, fanatic it's you
3: possibly,
0: haven't watched the video then have uh, you
1: yeah
2: no I haven't actually because
1: um, he doesn't care
2: he doesn't care either <laughs> ah good yeah Well, I'm the same way, because fanatic. I mean, I guess that's the southern draw. It just, it comes out of me as fanatic, just naturally, right? So there are some words that just depending on which region of the country or which country you're in, they end up getting changed a little. You know, if you, if you go to Mexico or Spain, my name is David, not David. Spelled the same, but it's pronounced differently in different languages. Captain Protest? I'm cutting that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, so Vco eSports they, they uh, had an interview with the CEO of fanatic Thomas Jackermeyer and and asked him how it was pronounced. and he said technically it's fanatic because you know these people are racing f- fanatics, so that's how it's supposed to be pronounced, but he also said it doesn't really matter so. To go, to go with, he still makes, makes money. So why does it matter?
2: And but it's also phonetic or fanatic hooked on phonetics. Uh, phonetic is fan and tech is the way, what it's based from, right? So it makes sense to say fanatech as well because it's technology.
3: Well, that's what he was saying yep. in the interview. He says that it's based off technology and our, you know a, a fanatic a fan. It's based off of that.
2: Which is exactly why uh, an, another part of the reason that tech, when the first time I ever saw it, I just said fanatic. Because I saw that I, I focused more on the tech part than the fan
0: part. All right, let's jump to results. Now, Evan Pasoko couldn't be with us tonight. Uh, he's traveling. He was going to try to jump on in between flights, but I guess it didn't work. So let's talk the Coke race just a bit. Um, qualifying, you know, after keeping the, his speed close to, the, to his vest by not putting down a time in practice, Mitchell DeJoung uh, qualifies on the pole, and then it was Ottinger, Zelensky, Wilson, Bolin, Conti, Mullis, Luza, Salas, and Vincent. Um, and after that, uh, you know, it, it was a typical, uh, you know, race, uh, There was some contact. I'm not going to go into all the details or the the play-by-play. There was one uh, incident where uh, Matheson actually had a hardware failure, um, and that put him out of the race. I empathize. Uh, Malik Ray, he actually dropped out of the race at some point. I don't think he's a very good... uh, uh, road course racer I think uh, I don't know if he wrecked out or what it wasn't really covered um, but the two leaders they ended up pitting together or the three leaders um, after the race Bobby said that was a mistake he probably should have short pitted him but uh, Mitchell ended up you know, leading all the laps and basically driving away uh, getting a nice gap and, and maintaining it uh, and winning the race some other notables, uh, Ray Alfala, it was his 200th iRacing start out of 202, so he's only missed two races. Uh, Jake Nichols, he uh, uh, missed a gear and uh, blew his engine. Um, that was interesting. What else? Uh, yeah, with was a 6.2 second gap at the white flag over uh, Mitchell over Bobby. Um, it was a fuel... Situation and Mitchell actually ran out of gas after the, the finish, and Bobby ended up uh, pushing him on to the, up to the front stretch so he could do his victory lane and all that. Uh, that was kind of good sportsmanship to see after the race, uh, especially after getting beat. Uh, you know, it looks like Bobby is no longer the king of the road. You know, with with uh, Mitchell winning both the road courses so far.
1: I'll be looking to forward to seeing them finally race on a track like Watkins or the Roval where Bobby has really had a lot more practice and race experience on to see how they, it pans out then. But as of right now, I think um, I, I just think Mitchell's just so good on road courses. It's going to be really hard for him to uh, to uh, be beat. By anybody. And I was really surprised in qualifying because didn't Nick got He qualified ahead of Bobby Zelinsky? That's that showed a little little chink in his armor from somebody who's actually not the road course specialist like Mitchell is.
0: Yeah, Nick well, was looking good.
3: Mike, it's a little I, I get what you're saying about uh, Bobby having his number. Coda was he was sponsored Coda, so you, you kind of never got to see what right. Bobby but, had for, for but, him. Uh, but like, bro,
1: but Mitchell did uh, out-qualify at Coda,
3: though. Yeah. I, I just think that you're right there, Brian, when you made the point about let's get to a track that was on the NASCAR circuit that's not a new one that they're adding this year where everybody's going to it. That, you know, how many laps has Bobby Zelinski probably put on Road America and and Coda compared to what uh, DeJong's put on in, in a sports car at these tracks? Uh, or or the Porsche at all on these tracks. So I don't know. Do they have what, what track are they are they doing Watkins Glen or are they doing uh, yeah. the Charlotte race? So Watkins Glen, yeah, you're Both, right. Both, right? Okay, so that'll be a good telltale there to see what it is because Sonoma used to be Zelensky's bread and butter. So I don't know. Not having it on the schedule this year kind of changes it, but it'll be good to see an actual stock car track that they've been regularly going to. Uh, to get a good test it. but I won't consider his uh, the torch passed until about then but definitely DeJong we're never going to say he's not a great road course racer because he
0: definitely is and he's came to these cars pretty quick first repeat winner this year um, and so who thought it was going to be a rookie to be the first repeat winner of the year I, I kind of thought Mitchell would win this year I didn't think he'd be the first to repeat though
2: and so that actually leaves us, I don't have the standings pulled up, but that leaves us with nine winners. So there's still one points position until uh, Ray gets back into the top 20.
0: All right. So uh, we'll miss, we're missing Evan, obviously. We'll try to get him next race. Uh, we'll go from there. War Talk NIS Pocono Friday Open Tony Rochette P15. Nothing to write home about except how the dogs and the misses doing. And man, it's been raining like a mofo. And stop your whining northwest about the heat. That's what AC is for. Okay. David, P11.
2: Yeah, I don't really remember much about the race. Somebody deleted uh, all our information and uh, I had to go back and look them up. I do remember it was, I think—I don't remember if it was Sunday or Friday, but I had similar finishes. One of them, I was running as high as second and um, took bad pit strategy, took tires, gave up too much track position, couldn't get it back. But I don't remember if that was Friday or sa- or Sunday.
0: And then Sunday, you had P13. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle, he got uh, started P-8, went two laps down for repairs after getting caught up in a wreck, finished with a P-16. Sunday fixed, Brian, P-22.
1: Yeah, um, we actually had a really good race. I was in Tyler's split, Tyler uh, Williamson's. Um, I started in fourth. He didn't qualify. He started like 25th, but he moved his way up um, through uh, avoiding accidents and stuff like that. We we finally got into a long run. Him and I, we were in uh, second and third, and we were running down the leader. He was uh, like three seconds ahead, but we were catching him by three or four tenths a lap and, uh, before another caution came out, which brought the field back together, and uh, I just got I wiped out on a wreck where the leader neck coated and, uh, and caused the car to go up the track and I just rammed right into him. So I got a terrible finish. But um, I have I, I, I had a bunch of damage. A lot of it was required. So I actually wound up spotting Tyler for the rest of his race.
0: And he got P4. Nice run. Finally, a top five at NIS. Ran a great race following BMAC and dodged a few cautions. Restarted second for three. Green-white checker only uh, for the leader to be blinking on the restarts. Screwed myself blowing the entry in three and brushed the wall at exit of three. Coming to get the white, ended up fourth.
1: Yeah, what he was saying, because I was spotting him, um, the the uh, the pace the cars were pacing to the start restart of the race, and right before the restart, the leaders started to blink in and out, and we missed his launch. So he took off, and we didn't know it because he was uh, he was worked out at the time. So we kind of got screwed on the restart, and uh, he tried uh, tried to catch back up, and just could couldn't make it happen.
0: Okay, and now Road America. Wednesday open, David P13.
1: Yeah, not
2: really a whole lot of events. Uh, you know, you don't have yellows in the caution, so it's, it changes the way that the the road the road races are run. Um, I did have a good battle with a guy for, uh, who fought cleanly, made a nice clean pass on him, and then about the last five laps, I had somebody hunting me down and managed to just hold him off. Uh, there's a lot of fast guys out there, so it feels good to actually keep up and stay in the top 15 in, in this uh, top split of road racing.
0: And you put in the chat, Rotom Am, so much more fun than Sonoma Yacht.
2: Yeah, you quoted me there. I, I, I'm terrible at Sonoma. I, did, I mean, I did okay there, but it's just, it's it's a hard track to get a rhythm, whereas I can get a rhythm here.
0: Okay. I'll, uh, I'll go next. I got a DNF. Started 20th, got to 13th by the end of lap one. I went off once at lap three and fell back just a bit. Then next, it was a big wreck in that narrow part. Uh, uh, The cars were going every direction. I got doored hard to the wall uh, on the left side. The engine blew three laps later. Kyle Pindegraff. Started P18, lap one, turn one, three other cars went in around me, and two of them overdrove the corner, and the other driver checked up and moved over right in front of me and damaged the nose. Was able to stay near the top 10 most of the race. Coming to one to go, I overdrove the last corner had to serve a drive-through. Coming out two and a half seconds behind eighth for the last lap, was able to run him down to a finish of 0.2 seconds behind eighth. See the video for the awesome last lap run. Now, we actually posted this video on social media last night. Check it out, I mean, Kyle's got some video chops, man. Uh, I was pumped watching this. And it's just a battle of him, you know, trying to get to eighth place from ninth, and you think uh, on a road course, boy, that sounds boring. Not when you uh, put it to, you know, rock music and have some really fancy edits and camera shots. Uh, Man, it was fun to watch. All right, let's go to Tony Rochette. Squeaked out a 10th. 10 laps in, battling for a spot, and overdrove a corner right into the tires, had to pit, but got my 28 seconds damage fixed and was on fuel-saving mode since it was two laps out of my window. I was 11th coming to the checker, but magically got 10th. Top 10 course streak continues. All right, and then Greg, you uh, saved fuel for 16th. Yeah, I made a mistake lost you.
3: You got me? You hear me? I I got... uh, I made a mistake. Um, I was battling with like three or four cars there after... I don't know, David, do you remember uh, lap... Was it one or two? I think it was maybe lap one or... uh, We went down into uh, the heavy braking zone. was at turn five. Somebody
2: knocked you off the track.
3: Yeah. Well, no. Before that, someone went and blew that corner and you were on the outside and I went... I was... Just, I set up a clean pass on you and someone else blew it right on the inside of me and we were like three wide. And then I went up the hill and I made that left-hander and I just, I lit the tires up and spun. So I was off in the grass. So I kind of got put back and I was battling a bunch of guys and I thought, okay, we're around lap 10 or so here when I was battling with them, I was like, let's, you know, let's try and get away from them and get some good clean laps where there's nobody on the track. and. Um, I went in way too early and I, I think I came out with 20 laps to go and I think you can only have 18 laps on on a tank so I had to save fuel the whole last run and uh, was able to make it uh, but I just was not competitive because I couldn't do it and I was making mistakes I was not in the normal road course mind I uh, was not my best road course race so I hope tomorrow night will go better.
0: Okay, Thursday
2: the open, David B12. Yeah, this one was interesting. I actually talked Burgess into running with me. Uh, he he struggled, he hates stock cars. He's our LMP driver that we team up with, and he, he thinks they're basically belonging to the museum. Um, I did okay. P twelve had some had some battles. Had a guy who who didn't want to let me go, and I got I got positioned him on the, the carousel when he when he slid up, and he tried to go too wide in the kink, and it didn't work out for him. So uh, everything else went pretty clean. P twelve.
0: Okay, and let's move on to league racing, uh, fast track sim racing league Monday nights. Greg P three. Well, I guess this would mix in with David's here because <laughs> David and I
3: that whole race like I, I started further up. David had to uh, make up some ground there in that race to get up to where I was. But as soon as David got up there, we all battled
0: and you guys field. were fighting for second, right?
3: Well, the second, third and fourth, uh, one guy was toying with us the whole race that was definitely way faster and could have been way gone. but. He saved two laps more fuel than everybody in the field and basically put a whooping on us by, on the second stint because we went caution free, which is, this, this series is really good for not having useless cautions too. Like we've, we've had some great races, Pocono to go fully green. Um, it was a fun race to do it. We, we had to save fuel in the first stint. David, I don't think you had to save as much on the second one. I saved a little bit more on the second one. And we ended up coming down to a battle there at the end with uh, Tyler, uh, and I guess Tyler screwed up one part of the track, and I went underneath him, and I guess the side draft got too close, and he he got into me and turned me kind of down into the wall on the inside. I missed it and kind of just had enough to go up into turn three to slow it down, but uh, David had gotten by, and I don't know what happened to Tyler. I don't know if he crashed out or fully or not, but. Uh, I, it was a good battle, but I don't think it should have ended it that way.
2: That's a pretty diplomatic uh, evaluation. I saw it as he, he just flat out turned down into you when you were already beside him on the, on the straightaway. You were driving straight and he turned left. Uh, not, in, not coming out of the corner, but just like right down the middle of the straight. Um, and he, he uh, did it to you multiple times. So uh, you should have had the second. Um, so I got gifted the second, um, mostly was, was pretty pl- proud of climbing back up to P4 after qualifying or failing to qualify. I erected uh, I on the first lap and had to start back in 16th. Never really had to save fuel, because I'm not hard on the fuel anyway, um, but yeah, I, right as it was about time to pit, I had caught the lead pack all the way from 16th, having to work my way up, up through the field. So so I don't want to do it that way, but I'm just terrible at qualifying.
0: And I got p P15, tough race for me. I hit the wall off two at some point and it was never the same. Um, and I couldn't make it on one stop. I think I was using more fuel because uh, of the damage. Um, and so I had to pit a little bit earlier than everybody else. And I was shocked at that. The, the one guy made it like four laps more than I did I, I couldn't believe he saved that much fuel um, but he did and uh, yeah I just I just struggled after, out there after the damage so P15 the
3: the nice thing and I, I think David and uh, Mike you'll probably agree with me that this league I wish we could get the bigger fields too like it, we're still he's still building up but having a nice big field for this would make these events even more uh, enjoyable because I think what we're averaging what 22 to 28 drivers a week and uh, yeah, the way that's racing a pretty is, good size the, the way the racing is we should be able to attract a little bit more because it's such a good
0: league it started out at he had 40 cars in the first part of the season um, and so it's kind of dwindled to the down and now it's growing back a bit but you're right if we could get the 35 to 40 man that would, we'd be popping. All right, let's talk. Hold on, before that too, what we also need
3: to do is we need to figure out what, we gotta get uh, Richard Lucky's uh, setups too. (laughs) So so he's not putting a whooping on us.
2: Uh, He uses Ryko, he already told us. Oh yeah? Yeah, he tweaks him a little, but he's just, hes I mean, there's setup and then there's speed, you know? Uh, So, he's fast.
0: All right, OBRL, the Irishers Lounge, Podcast Aftermath Truck Series. Congratulations to Brian Glass, uh, winning in the 87 Kodak Chevy at Chicago. Tom Ogle in second, Travis Rogers third. And then we have Brian in the IROC Challenge Series Season 3.
1: Yeah, so uh, we were at Five Flags in the trucks, and um, man, I just think it get a chance to do any real practice and i got about 10 minutes of practice before the race started um i was slow at the start but actually uh wound up uh getting my groove moved up i was in like top six and uh at one point and um half almost at the end of uh second stage uh, there was a wreck between the leaders and uh they washed up the track i had nowhere to go i punted them and got a bunch of damage um was too much damage really to, to worry about continuing. So uh, that didn't end up well.
2: GridFinder is your go to source for finding your next sim racing league. Currently, home to over 450 leagues across all gaming platforms and across 10 different racing sims, including over 80 iRacing leagues. Filter your search by racing sim, car class, race day, and region. Finding a league to fit your schedule has never been this easy. Visit www.grid-finder.com to find a league or upload your own. Grid Finder. GridFinder.com.
0: The home of online sim racing leagues. All right. Let's jump to final thoughts. Brian McCubbin, what do you got?
1: Um, Man, I've just been in a bad groove getting into wrecks lately. (laughs) I get terrible finishes. Just... It's just one of those deals, I guess, where I'm just just snake bitten, getting uh, having bad luck. So uh, I'm on vacation this week, uh, this next week coming up, and uh, I really look forward to getting back and just trying to regroup and and turn this thing around and start getting some better finishes.
0: Yep, it ebbs and flows. Stick with it, David Hall. Final thoughts.
2: This week was my first week to get to use the new pedals with a stock car at a road course and again i'm feeling the difference um where it's really really beneficial is well braking you know uh i did a lesson with Zelensky when we were at daytona road and he uh i kept he I would, even though i was frustrated with getting on the throttle he was pointing out that at most of the corners it was because i was not braking quite hard enough and i'm able to do that quite more consistently now so i like him.
0: Yeah, you know, the hydraulic really get lets you find that that point of bite, you know, or that point where the, the tires are going to chatter or lock. You can get right up to that point and right before it, right. Mm-hmm.
2: Also, um, with the hydraulic brake, if, if especially with the 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 tougher setting, um, the the more stiff setting, it uh, you only have to push. Like on, on the V3s, whenever I was having to, to trail break, I was having to kind of almost push and pull my foot into the right position to get just enough trail breaking. And I, my, after a race, my knee would actually be sore. It would actually be hurting. Um, and I didn't experience any of that
0: this week. Okay. Greg Hector's final thoughts?
2: Um. I thought Anthony wasn't here today.
0: Is it still not working? Now
3: I hear you. I don't know why that the, the button seems to be intermittent. But anyways, um, I'm looking forward to uh, getting some more road races in this week. I'm trying to. I think with the road great uh, race here at uh, Road America, I'll probably be able to get my road eye rating over two thousand again finally. Um, but last week with Pocono, I was able to raise my uh, road back or my oval back to three thousand. So that's it's been a while since I've been up over three thousand, so I want to keep going up there and uh getting into those bigger splits but uh no, I just need to get some more sim time i'm I'm only doing one or two races a week, so that's why it's not going up as much as it should be going but uh I just look forward to uh racing here and uh, uh getting some uh, racing done on this
0: weekend I guess all right, very good uh my final thoughts uh went out of town over the weekend uh to get out of the heat here in phoenix arizona it's been 100 above 110 basically we went up to the mountains uh basically missed the race on friday due to that so only had one start for pocono and uh that kind of hurt me in the points and then you know road america man i'm sick of these road courses i'm ready to get back to ovals um, I'm done with the, the, the multiple road courses this year. I don't know why NASCAR thinks we need this many, but it's too much. Uh, my Russia ALOGS shifter update, uh, I love it, man. And I had to figure out a way to mount it correctly because I just got this tubular cockpit, and it's got a table clamp. It doesn't really clamp well to a round tubular pipe. And so Bobby Jonas... Uh, recommended these mounts that are made for ATV lights that you'd put like on a Jeep or something uh, to put like a extra lighting on a Jeep uh, roll bar. And so I bought a couple of those. Uh, the, the shifter has a hole in the middle to mount to screw into at the bottom. And so I put one of them into that but it kind of had some play moving back and forth. So I used the other one on the back side. I ordered a third one that'll be here tomorrow. I'm gonna put on the front side. And once I get that on, it's gonna be rock solid stable. I could get sloppy with it. I could like really push on it, pull on it, yank it, whatever. And it ain't going anywhere. Um, until I get that one on tomorrow, I've been kind of gentle with it because I don't want to like snap it off or anything. But uh, I think I finally got a good uh, mounting option here and uh, really liking it. The positioning is perfect. Um, That kind of happened by accident, but uh, it worked pretty well at Road America, loving it. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.